0: but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases
1: i would recommend frosted leaf to a friend and i would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help
0: check out frosted leaf's three denver locations and download their app today
2: hey everybody welcome to the bsn avalanche podcast presented by total beverage before we jump into the show i want to tell you about this really awesome deal for bsn listeners if you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off a $50 purchase on their website and app. Use promo code BSN10 to save $10 off a $50 purchase for all your parties and have it delivered straight to your door. Let's jump into the
3: show. Welcome into the BSN Avalanche podcast. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Haefley. We are presented by Total Beverage. We were planning on talking about RFA contracts today, and wouldn't you look at that? JT Comfer was nice enough to sign a deal himself, so now we have that to talk about as well. AJ, some of your initial reactions to this Comfer deal? Um,
2: it's, it's an interesting deal. At $3.5 it's identical to the Kerfoot deal, and he hasn't... Uh, he's not quite on the same level as Kerfoot offensively through the, through the two years that they were each in the NHL. Uh, so it's a little odd there, you know, Kerfoot had 85 points in, uh, in his two years, in his last two years and Comfort did not. So on the surface, you know, right off the top, it feels expensive just given the immediate comparable, um, you know, Kerfoot or Comfort had uh 55 points. So you're talking about a 30 point difference there and they got the exact same deal. Uh, Obviously Colorado was more comfortable trading Kerfoot away and then signing confer to that deal. Uh, Confer's had injury issues and uh, you know, has, has been sort of a Jack of all trades for them. He's moved all over the lineup and played in a lot of different roles, but how effective he's been is legitimately worth wondering um, he had some nice moments in the postseason, but ultimately, man, it felt too expensive, but it felt too expensive by about $500,000. And I, I keep asking myself, is that enough for me to get upset about? And I just don't think it bothers me enough.
3: You know, to be honest, I don't even mind it at 3.5. I don't think that's too expensive. Yes. If you're comparing it directly to Kerfoot, which is a fair comparable, You are probably overpaying for his production a little bit, but I think Kerfoot took a pretty good deal with Toronto, and and comparatively to the rest of the league, I think Comfort is fine. There are some other ones that that maybe don't make it look as good, what Dezingle ended up with, and, and things like that, but I think the Avs are betting on Comfort growing a little bit, and you're betting on him being healthy and and that is a risk. Certainly to sign a guy who's yet to be healthy for four years is a bit of a concern, but if he is healthy, you've seen, he put up those 32 points in this past season in 66 games. So that's close to a 40 point player in a full season.
2: We'll say, uh, uh, Jakob Vrana also signed with the, with Washington, uh, coming off of a, a 47 point season in which he's had 24 goals and, uh, he got, uh he got 3 uh 3. 5. and so even that deal was cheaper of course that's only 2 years yeah and a uh, confers deal does buy out uh one ufa year right which and, is not irrelevant of course
3: yeah I, I definitely think that's part of the the increase in cost for sure
2: but it's just when you look around at the the contracts being signed in that salary range uh this this offseason confer just doesn't have the numbers to justify that kind of money. Um, I, you know, I like the player quite a bit, but when you're looking at, uh, you know, when you're, when you're looking at those things, you take it, you take it all into consideration and he's just not, he's just not quite there for me. Um, but it's, like again, uh, we're we're talking about me feeling this way about 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 $500,000. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm not going to continue to rail against it other than just to say I think it's I think it's a little bit too high and that's that's the end of that for me.
3: Well, if someone signed me to a $3.5 million deal, I would try and get value out of it by buying rounds at Breckenridge Brewery, nice. the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter their Oatmeal Stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American Amber Ale. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. Many of you have probably already tried it, but for you beer enthusiasts out there, they are calling this a light-hearted Kolsch Ale, and for you guys who have no idea what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for the Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer. And make sure you also look out for our Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. We just launched it a bit ago, and you'll be able to see all of the the events we have planned, and we'll be drinking those Breck beers at all of them. So RSVP and have a good time there. Back to Comfer, the one thing I do see the Avs valuing for him over Kerfoot is that versatility. He did PK for them, and you can say what you want about oh Alex Kerfoot's a silky contender, blah 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 blah. He did not PK at all for the Avs, so Confer can move a little bit more fluidly through the lineup for them. I think.
2: Yeah, like I said, he's a jack of all trades. He's a uh, he's the the guy that you know. Right now, I think we're looking at him opening the season as their likely third line center. Yeah, uh, with Soderberg gone and Cadre as two C and. Uh, Belmar as 4C that leaves that open. Donskoy can take his old spot on the right side of the third line. Uh, so that's where I think you know we talk about it all the time center versus wing position value. Uh, if if Kerfoot ends up playing uh third line center in Toronto and call and Confer ends up playing third line center in Colorado, then again, you know, you might look at the con- might look back at the contracts in four years and be like, oh, well. They turned you know, out
3: pretty much the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: they 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 are basically the same guy now, and so it doesn't really matter. Um, but <clears throat> if he if he does end up as their three C, there needs to be meaningful steps taken uh in his defensive game, which I do think gets overrated. I think he's an okay defensive player, um, but I think that there's a lot of room for growth there. I still think he's got a, a higher ceiling than we've seen in that on that side of the ice. And, uh, I, I do think that he needs to find the home there as the three C, uh, you, it's nice that he can bounce around and do a lot of different things, but if he can really carve out a job as their long-term three C, uh, that would be, you know, ultimately having your third line center in the, in the heart of his prime, you know, signed at three and a half million is going to be great value long run. Um, Yeah. you do look at a guy like Soderbergh and, you know, he was obviously older with more of a track record and a higher scoring ceiling, uh, but just under 5 million that they were paying him. And he would have been their three C this year. And so now you're giving that job over to comfort, presumably giving that job over to comfort. And if he, if he could turn into a 40 point guy for you and Hey, if he stays healthy, given, given what he was able to do last year, there's a very real possibility of that. But if that happens, if he turns into a 30, 35 to 40 point guy, as your three C three and a half million dollars is going to be a great value for him.
3: Yeah. I agree with you there. I, I, you have to think the fact that the abs gave him four years means that they see a role for him more permanently than just guy bouncing all over the lineup and they want to him to help provide them. And Coincidentally, that does line up well with Donskoy's four-year deal. And, and I do think that's some of what they're thinking is they can put him next to Donskoy. Donskoy can kind of do the puck driving on that line, freeing him up a little bit more. The defense can improve. I actually like his defense. Maybe I'm overrating it a little bit. I, I think he's very smart, particularly when it comes to reading cross-ice passes and things like that. But he could do with stop blocking shots with his hand. That would be nice. <laughs>
2: I do think he's a smart defender. I just don't know how effective he is yet. That's but fair. The fact that he reads the play as well as he does, uh, and puts himself in good positions makes me feel like that's why I feel like his ceiling as a defender is higher than what we've seen. For is sure. because there's a lot of there's a lot of process going on that I like. Uh I just haven't seen the results in that end of the ice yet. I think uh I think he just gets a little bit overrated uh by abs fans in general. Uh, they they love the heart. They love the try hard. They love the grittiness, and those guys are easy to love. But how effective they actually are as NHL players, uh, it, it's a moving target. You know, right sure. now, right now he's a he's a more expensive and better version of of what they got when they signed Matt Calvert. Yeah, but it, way higher ceiling ultimately, and he's got to right. – the thing the the way he'll make this contract become a very good contract is to, to continue to grow and hit his ceiling. If this is if his current form is his ceiling, it's going to be, it's, it's a long time uh, to, to have a player of that caliber sign because you can find lots of those guys for cheaper every single year. But if he does continue to improve and that's what this is, this is a roll of the dice that uh, a player who is well-liked and respected in that locker room, uh, and and fits in and and gels with all of their all of their everything you know he's he's a buy in guy and all that all that matters it's great because you never know how an outsider is going to come in and fit into your room you know that comfort fits in but this is also a roll of the dice on his upside which i don't think he's quite maxed out yet
3: Right. It's exactly what we were talking about on yesterday's show. The ABS have been picking their spots. They've been reluctant to give out term in a lot of ways, and this isn't a seven-year deal or anything like that, but this is a relatively large commitment for this front office in, in giving out a deal, especially of a player that you're projecting a, a middle sixer at, at best, probably. So this is kind of the first big commitment that I've seen in, in the next wave of players that's going to be coming for the Avs. What do you mean? The bunch of RFAs over the next couple of years that they have, they're, they're going to have to sign through. This is the first one where it hasn't been like, okay, just bridge him.
2: Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. All right. I'm, I'm with you um, on that. In that, you know, he's, uh, he it's, is this going to be the beginning of a handful of four-year deals? Right. That's, the um, point. you know, because you do want to keep your flexibility because you do want to be able to make improvements. Uh, but confer seems like the, the right guy to, to sign to that kind of deal, because you feel like you have a strong idea of what he's, what he's going to be in the NHL already, yeah. even if this is it. Um, there's value in him and he's versatile enough that he could do lots of different things for you. And that, that makes him worth that paycheck uh, all on his own, but he's kind of unique in that way. You know, there's Tyson, Tyson Jost. We, I I wouldn't be comfortable giving him a four year deal today. Uh, Now, you know, a year from now, maybe we'll see, but I given the volatility of his career so far, I still probably wouldn't be comfortable with that. And, you know, I think Comfer and Sam Gerrard are really the only guys that I'm like, yeah, you can go ahead and give those guys long-term deals. It says something that he got a four-year deal, and a guy like Nikita Zadorov got a one-year deal.
3: For sure. it Same age, too, there. And and they both do different things and have different competition for those spots. But with Comfer, like you said, it's, it's a unique situation where – even if you think it's an overpay, it's not a massive overpay, and maybe the four years feels a little long. But at worst, you're going, this deal's fine, and it has the upside of being a quality deal.
2: Well, and it's it's certainly a lot nicer to sign twenty <laughs> four year olds to four year deals, yeah. and not and not twenty nine year olds. Yeah. You know, yeah, you're you're getting the true heart of Converse Prime there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you're you're at least feeling okay about that. That whatever his best he has to give ultimately ends up being, you're going to be paying for that.
3: Do you think that deal has any effect at all? And you already mentioned Tyson Jost, and it really shouldn't have any deal effect on Cam and ever anything. So for the Abs, it's really just Jost that you're looking at there.
2: Yeah, it it would depend on what Jost does next season. Uh, if Jost has a thirty five point season, uh, then you might be looking at kind of a a similar ish deal. Yeah. Uh, money wise, I don't think length wise, but if if Jost goes out and has a forty five point year, then you know you look at that three and a half million and say, okay, well, you know you can't pay him less than that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. it's... It gets hard, certainly, and, and you never know. You see players take a bit of a discount at times, but Jost is – we've talked about him having potential opportunity to play in the top six quite a bit this mm-hmm. season and and potentially put up significantly bigger numbers than what Comfer has seen if everything clicks for him.
2: Hey, Burakovsky too. You know, yeah, Burakovsky coming off a 25-point season, and while the Avs didn't have anything to do with the qualifying offer being what it is at 3 um. 5 they'll have a big say in what his next contract looks like and they'll give him that opportunity, but you can bet it won't be under the three and a half million that confer. Um, you know, if, if he produces and proves to belong in that top six, again, that 3.5 just kind of draws a line in the sand where you're like, yep. okay, this is can't the floor be, now, right. Yeah. It can't be lower than this. Yeah. Uh, if, if he goes out and produces, uh, you know, a a 25, 25 goal, 20 assist season for Burakovsky, you can't, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at a $4 million contract minimum, I think.
3: Yeah. And just looking at where the abs now sits, they have about $65 million in projected cap hit with 16 and a half million left to work with. And the only internal guys they have left to sign are Rantanen and Kamenev. So they still have plenty of room to get everything done.
2: Those guys should come in right around whatever Rantanen makes plus one million,
3: (laughs) exactly. And Rantanen isn't going to be making fifteen million or even close to that. So yeah, I think they're going to end up with
2: about seven-ish million in space,
3: just enough to sign Jake Gardner. Yeah. uh...
2: Uh, you need to turn off that Twitter machine, sir. I know,
3: I know. I saw it going crazy today, and eh, I'm yeah. not convinced, but... I
2: didn't see it. Uh, somebody texted me and was like, is this true? And I just sent back a shrug emoji and was like... Who knows? <laughs> free agency in middle uh, of July through September is even more unpredictable than it is on July 1st.
3: Yeah, when you're down to courting the last legitimate high caliber ufa i wouldn't take anything too too seriously <laughs> yeah it's
2: not something um we'll you know we'll see we've talked about it before so yeah. we don't have to get into this again
3: for sure for sure so that's going to do it for segment 1 here the news of the day with JT Com for signing on the other side in segment 2 we're going to get into the guys we just mentioned with Miko Rantanen and the other high-end RFAs that still haven't signed, because it turns out there is a lot of them, and a lot of them are really, really good. So we will be back after this.
0: If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Mo's Original Barbecue a try.
1: My favorite thing about Mo's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily. House made smoked meats, cater to all needs a family-friendly atmosphere we have colorado beers on tap all the games on the tvs it will blow your mind with amazing barbecue
3: welcome back to the second segment of the bsn avalanche podcast i'm nathan he's aj we are going to be talking about miko Rantanen and some of his comparables here in the rfa markets there are currently three players who scored over 80 points that are RFAs still unsigned. Rantanen at 87, Braden Point at 92, Mitchell Marner at 94, and it's safe to say there's going to be a lot of money getting thrown around, likely including a few contracts with eight figures in them. AJ, how are you feeling about these guys?
2: Uh, I'm honestly pretty jealous. <laughs> uh, these guys are all about to get really big raises. Yep. Of all these RFAs, the only one making real money uh, was Jacob Truba at $5.5 yep. Uh The rest of these cats, you know, ELC money. You know, Braden Point made under $700,000 last year. And he yep. scored 92 points and played elite defense to, to top it all off. So that... That's just straight silly. Well, he made a little bit more off of bonuses, if that makes you feel better. <laughs> I mean, it makes him feel better, I'm sure. But yeah, right. <laughs> he's about to get straight paid. Yeah, and all these guys really are. Um, even even on bridge deals, you go from a nine hundred thousand dollar contract to uh, you know making eight million or something. And it's like, look, oh, that's a big jump. So, yeah, uh,
3: you know. With- with all these guys still unsigned, there aren't that many comparables. Really the one we have that you can work with is the Sebastian Ajo offer sheet at about eight and a half million dollars. And that the Av's got to be pretty happy with that number. I would think that's, that's nice and low. I think everybody that has an RFA uh,
2: in this, in this kind of in this dog fight uh, saw that Sebastian Ajo offer sheet and was like, yes. (laughs) Thank you, Sebastian Ajo, for taking that contract because uh, in terms of comparables, it it's sort of gave everybody a baseline to start to work with. Yep. But that baseline is reasonable.
3: It's not like he got, you know, $10 million. It's not Marner asking for twelve and Toronto immediately acquiescing. <laughs> right. Like, you know, Ajo's nice. Good a good player,
2: but uh and does does so many different things for, for Carolina and obviously a point per game guy last year and a sixty point guy before that. Uh he's been on that same kind of upward trajectory as Rantanen, although the highs have been higher for Miko. So that's why you know Ranton's will be interesting next to Aho, because Aho was a wing as well. Uh he was he was a wing and then this last year. They moved him to center, and he had his most productive year. And we talk about this all the time. We've already mentioned it. Centers get paid more than wings. Yep. So if you're if you're Braden Point, you're looking at the center-center conversation, and you're like, okay, well, we play the same position. I scored way more points. You know, I should get more money than Aho. For sure. But if you're looking at Marner and Rantanen, who are, you know, Marner had, Uh, more points this past season with that 94 point breakout, but he only had the nice season before of 69 points and 61 in his rookie year. Very nice. So, you know, like again, a strong track record there, but how much more money does he get? uh, You know, because he's a wing versus the center and ranted and you're having the same conversation. He's got back to back 80 point seasons.
3: Rantanen has the bonus of being a goal scorer as well. Broke the 30 point mark this year, 29 the year before.
0: Mm-hmm. And
3: even in his, his true rookie year, he led the avalanche with 20 goals in that horrible year. Right. So goals pay, man.
2: Yeah. Well, and you you do look at a guy like, uh um, Marner, you know, and he had 26 yep. goals last year. Uh, it's 68 assists repeatable. i you know, you look at that offense and say, sure, probably, but you're guessing, <laughs> right. You know, when, when you shoot like Rantanen has throughout his career, you're feeling like this, this is a guy that, that you can rely on Rantanen giving you 30 per season.
3: For sure. Especially with the, the idea that we've tossed around with having him shoot even more. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you're, you're really looking to work off of that goal total with Rantanen and, We've we've talked about signing money for him before. I still feel pretty comfortable in, in the same amount for around nine and a half, I would say, is, is where mm-hmm. I would guess. But where are you feeling there? And I know I've always said just lock him up for seven or eight years and get it done. But you've always been a little bit more on maybe that's not going to happen. So where would you kind of estimate where it's at right now?
2: if I'm guessing they're still, they're still talking about a bridge deal. They're still talking about, Hey, let's do two years. Uh, Let's get to the Seattle expansion. Let's get to the cap going way up and let's, let's get me four years of being a point per game player where there's, you know, it's undeniable that I'm one of the best right wings in all of hockey and that I am Nathan McKinnon's uh, ride or die for the rest of his career. You know, like, Let's let's get us to that point where, um, you know I'm I'm a bona fide superstar, and we're not we're not talking about center versus wing versus any other nonsense. We're just talking about giving Miko in thirteen million dollars a year. You know, I think that's what I think that's the smart play from his camp. But I think Colorado should do everything in their power to get the eight year deal right now. Um. Get him locked up through the rest of his twenties, and you know, give him ten million, yeah, and just be done with it. And be like, look, you might you might look at some of the underlying analytics and all these other numbers and say, oh, he's not worth it, and you know, but I think you'd have a you could build a case against giving him that kind of money uh, if you went analytics heavy on it, and that's that's fine. But all Mike Lyud has to do is say. He's given you uh 171 points in the last two seasons,
3: right? <laughs> and walk out of the room when your player's that good. Being an agent, sometimes it's easy, <laughs> right? Like you just you just slap it down, and you're like,
2: "This guy, he's he's given you 60 goals in two years. Uh, he's the perfect complement to your superstar center. Uh, but he's you know." He's everything that you guys need. He's a great personality. He's a great fit in your locker room. Uh, he's a great young man. He's a great person. And he's a fantastic hockey player. Why would you try and find reasons to nitpick this kid and not pay him? Uh, this is a guy that you just say shut up and you just pay him. Uh, you know, 14 points in 12 in 12 playoff games and was, was hurting, was not feeling great. Yeah. So... But- I mean, you're, and you know what, what do you have a broken foot?
3: Something. Yeah. At the end
2: that uh, I think it was, a, I believe it was a broken foot after a burn, after the big burns hit the second one. Yeah. And so, you know, they, they, (laughs) and still 14 points in 12 games. Like the production was there. The guys, the guys in an animal. And the analytics don't love him, but points pay, man. You can't yep. you can't look at it and be like, well, the analytics are mediocre on this guy and you know, oh, okay. Well, he's giving you hundred and seventy one points in two years. If, I don't and, I mean, what do you say to that? What do you what do you realistically say to that other than oh it's a really good point.
3: And you look at if you're trying to buy UFA years out of Ranton Jeff Skinner just signed a forever deal for nine million dollars as a winger I get it there was the UFA tax that Buffalo had to pay there but Jeff Skinner's a 60 point player scores a bunch of goals but that's what we want out of ranton two. and he's a, looks to be an 80 point plus player so those UFA years that's just what they cost now
2: yeah straight up I mean they just they cost they cost cash man Would you we get it? Would you rather have Mitch Marner or Miko Rantanen as your right wing?
3: Oh, that's that's a tough question. I might be a bit biased on this one, but I lean towards Rantanen because of that goal-scoring ability. Okay. If if you swapped places of of Marner and Miko, I, I think I would put my money on Miko to be the more successful guy.
2: Okay. I don't know that I have a strong opinion on this one. Yeah,
3: it's it's very close. I, certainly... I, think I
2: my answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like I'm when it comes to those two guys, man, I they're they're both electric. Um if Rantanen was playing in Toronto, you know, the Leafs' lunch would be sitting there just falling all over themselves about this kid all the time. Yeah, I don't um, think there's any doubt about it. And, and you know, with Marner, obviously there's an overbearing hockey dad factor uh, that's driving an awful lot of what's going on here uh, with his situation. But, yeah. um, I mean, I guess so if, if you include all of that, I would probably take Nico just because it's less hassle. But... <laughs> They're both they're both outstanding, and I I don't think you can go wrong with the talent levels of either of them, especially because I think Rantanen has more to give. Yeah,
3: I I do too, which is
2: kind of scary. <laughs> it, yeah, and I I can't say I watch enough of Toronto to to feel whether or not Marner has more to give or not. I don't know, um, but I but having obviously we watch a lot of the apps, so <laughs> yeah,
3: uh, I feel I feel like. There's there's more there for him, for sure. I, I we saw the steps this year. Even with he kind of shedded shedded shed the Bambi nickname, he was able to stay on his skates mm-hmm. much much better this year. And and sometimes it just got silly with what he could do.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I think that's just going to continue.
3: Yep, I I agree. He, as he continues to to learn how to use his big old man body and just crush fools <laughs> big old man body it's true though
2: like we yeah. joke but it's true that you know he had such a growth uh spurt at and in, in his late teens there right before he got drafted that he's still learning how to play within himself and he is when when he has it mastered uh he's only gonna get better
3: I the sky's the limit between him and McKinnon. It's just, it's really something special. Yeah, it
2: really is, man. I mean, we talk about taking him off of Nate's line and putting him elsewhere and seeing how he does. I mean, I'm, I'm fine if they wanted to put him next to Kadri or next to McKinnon. I don't really care either way. Right. Uh, I think he's going to be successful um, regardless. And you know, we get into some of these other RFAs. This is one of the most interesting RFA markets in recent memory.
3: Yeah. There's a lot going on here
2: because, you know, you, you go down the line, Matt Kachuk and Kyle Connor each had 34 goals last year. And Kachuk had a few more assists, but you're, you're talking about two very, very good players who, you know, maybe they're not elite. Right. And they haven't had the kind of production that Miko has, uh, but they, they look like they are core players to their, to their teams. They're going to be tough signs, you know, and Winnipeg has both line and Connor at the same time.
3: In a regular year, a guy like Kachuk or or line hitting the RFA unsigned point in the middle of July would be, people would be losing their minds over someone needs to offer sheet these people. But this year, the whole class is just so absurdly good that they're not even in the top five.
2: Yeah, when you're looking at Zach Werenski as arguably the tenth, twelfth best player in your RFA class, yeah, right? You're talking about an absolutely insanely talented class.
3: Yeah, it, it's really that whole draft class. This is this is mostly the 2015 class, I think. Mm-hmm, it is. Um, let's. Marner, Rantanen,
2: Connor, Besser, Konechny, warensky, White. Yeah. And I think that's it for the big ones. Provorov. But,
3: yeah, so there, there you go. It's just, I mean, that draft class <laughs> is shaping up to be something yeah. special.
2: <laughs> Pablo Saka's an RFA too, but, uh,
3: you know, people in New Jersey don't <laughs> like when we talk about him, so. <laughs> But yeah, so and that's the thing too. A lot of these guys, this is their first real contract negotiation in the NHL. So there's yeah. such a big leap. Like we said at the start, these guys are about to get paid. Uh,
2: yeah, uh, of the of the RFAs this year of the that were the in the top fifty of scoring, uh, I think there were five that were
3: on post DLC deals already. Right. So not many at all uh, up or down that list. Six. I'm sorry. Six guys. <laughs> oh, oh, what a big <laughs> change. Yeah. There. I missed, I missed Andrew Cop. <laughs> well, we can't all make the big bucks and he'll still make way more than me. So yeah, we can't fun. all make the big bucks as he's coming off his million dollar contract. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh.
3: But it's, it's interesting to see the versatility, too. You have a, a pure point producer and someone like Marner Rantanen, who good goal scorer, has a big body that he can use. Braden Point, who just blew up in every way imaginable. And then someone like Matthew Kachuk, who can be that kind of agitator while also providing a ton of points. It's it's incredible to see the versatility across the board. and. I don't envy trying to connect the dots here in how all of these players compare to each other when it comes to dollar value. <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: this is somebody's going to have to blink first in order right. to get this market to shake out. Like Ajo was a nice step, okay. Somebody, I guess, technically blinked first. Now we need somebody to blink
3: second. You know, and it and it can't be like Travis Connect me like yeah, that. Did somebody blink or did Montreal? halfway put a blindfold over Carolina's eyes and they just said, no, this is great.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm Carolina has to be chilling right now. Like they, yeah. got, they had their hardest work done for them. Right. <laughs> all the owner had to do was show up and write the check. And the GM is like, yeah, baby. That was <laughs> sweet. <laughs> like, I'm wondering, did Don Waddell call up Bergevin and just like neg Tom Dunman and over and over and over and over. To the point where he was like, That guy has no money, we can do this. <laughs> and then that guy showed up and cashed a you know, cut a twenty one million dollar check and was like, What's that about me being broke? <laughs> and it was like, All right, well, never mind. That's alright. Never mind.
3: Yeah. Yeah, maybe offer shoot at the wrong guy there, but Well, certainly at the wrong price point. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Cause they had
2: no issues with that. Nope. <laughs> yeah. um, I would like to see the RFA market be a little more aggressive in the future because yeah. it's, it's honestly stupid that uh, Mitch Marner, a 94 point player is sitting out on, on the market right now. And he plays for a team uh, that has three and a half million dollars of cap space. <laughs> and uh that nobody's doing anything about it, even with Nathan Horton's LTIR. Like
3: he's still going to put him well over.
2: Yeah. There should be a division rival. That's looking at that and being like, mm-hmm. what's this? I've got 20 million, 15 million in cap space. I can throw it at this guy. <laughs> like look at like, like Columbus is like looking around like, Oh man we sure, this money. <laughs> yeah. Sure wish we had those draft picks right now. <laughs> you know, or like, uh, well, I mean, it wouldn't be Ottawa because they're super cheap, but yeah, they're realistically, like, it's it's dumb to me that there's a 90-point player sitting on the open market and uh, on a cap-strap team. I mean, you can say the same thing about uh, Tampa Bay to some extent. They have more space than, than Toronto, so... But at the same time, you know, Tampa Bay, Braden Point, he's an elite two-way center It's coming off
3: a 90-point season, he scored 40 goals last year. And, like, and Tampa's been walking that fine line for years now of trying to balance that cap, and they've gotten away with it for the most part.
2: Right, like straight up, Colorado should be like, oh, what's that for first-round picks? that uh, That's what we're talking about here. Like, I know we just went out and got Nazem Kadri, but Braden Point is the truth. Uh, let's let's go ahead and give him twelve and a half million dollars. What what in the world is Tampa Bay going to do about that? Right. Like oh they're going to match that. That's great. You know they've got they've got about nine million dollars, maybe ten million dollars in space, uh, depending on what the what the Callahan thing shakes Shaked out to. Out is, yeah. So even then they're still over the cap, and you know they're not just going to let the guy go, but. But bye-bye Alex Kalorn or something like right, that, right? Like, okay, great. Sign them to that offer sheet and watch them have to tear part of their roster down to keep, uh, to keep the guy. You know, uh, uh, to to keep him. Yeah, exactly. And just keep doing that. I don't know why GMs are not more predatory here. I get that it's like bad business and it's frowned upon, uh, but honestly, they they need to be more predatory about the way that the RFA market works because. All the RFA market is is essentially intended to do is is suppress uh, player salaries
3: because they can't they can't actually go on the market and get an offer elsewhere. right right and especially like you said in division division rivals you never trade with those guys anyway so right. who cares if they hate you
2: <laughs> but I mean like so you oh no you're not gonna you're afraid to trade with them but what you won't go offer sheet one of their dudes just to stick it to them. Exactly, knowing that they're in a bad position, like the Jets with twenty three million in cap space. Now, obviously, the Jets with two high profile RFAs should not be doing that. <laughs> they but got some problems a, there, yeah. the Jets with the twenty three million in cap space and theoretically without two high profile RFAs, oh, they need some. They need defense really badly. And Boston has Charlie McAvoy and Brandon Carlo in this RFA market. Well, well, well. Go after both of them because, you know, go and sign Charlie McAvoy to a $9 million offer sheet or something, $8 million offer sheet. And when Boston matches it, there goes all their cap space, turn around and sign Brandon Carlo to a $4 million offer sheet.
3: You <laughs> know? Put, put the screws to him all
2: Seriously. the way. I mean, we saw San Jose did this all those years ago to Chicago when they signed uh, Nicholas Jalmerson to an offer sheet forced Chicago to match it, and then they couldn't pay anti-Niemi, and so San Jose ended up with Niemi. That's exactly what it was supposed to do. And it was like, hey, this is perfect predatory GMing. Now, it didn't work out. Obviously, anti-Niemi didn't win a cup for, for the Sharks, but that was a perfect example of how you can put the screws to a team that's just relying on the unspoken code of
3: no offer sheets <laughs>
2: yeah although yeah. of course i go out there and I make that whole case uh, and i forget mcavoy is not eligible for an offer sheet because his first year as a, his first year burned off as elc he didn't accrue a pro season so yeah. there goes that whole concept the same thing will be true of kill mccarr in two years but i had totally forgotten about it but point being be more predatory these the gms need to get after it a little bit You guys are afraid of chasing the Tampa Bay Lightning? Well, go make life harder for them. (laughs) Right. Go sign Braden Point to an offer sheet. Now, word has it that Braden Point doesn't want to go anywhere, so he's rejecting offer sheets. Ain't nothing you can
3: do about that. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's still up to the player, but there's got to be some missed opportunities there, and there would also be some missed opportunities if you aren't going to BSN Denver events and drinking Breck beer. But, what if I told you, you could order that Breck beer on a mobile app and have it delivered to you the same day and save money doing it? Well, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area, from Wheat Ridge to Erie, and they have the lowest prices in the state. Plus, they now offer CBD products. That's right, from drinks to gummies, you can enjoy CBD products on your next visit. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering 20% off your purchase on their website and app. Use code BSN20 to save 20% off for all your parties and have it delivered to your door. That's going to wrap up segment two for us. We're going to get back to more of this talk in segment three and probably dig a little bit more into the defensemen out there in the next segment. The third and final segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast here. We've covered most of the higher end RFA forwards. Now it's time to jump into that defensive markets. The big one, the guy who was already getting paid, Jacob Truba, leads the list here. Now in New York... You got to think that's going to be a lot of money. Dude. Yes. I mean, (laughs) it's starting from a
2: five and a a 5.5 starting point. Yeah. uh, It's absolutely fair to expect that to be pretty serious cash. Um,
3: That's got to be at least like seven, seven and a half million. Right. It's, I mean, that that's what Barry's making right now is five and a half million. So and true put up 50 points last year. So one is a significantly better defender, right? On the defensive end, for sure. Yeah. So those could get into, into silly numbers there. A couple other uh, of interesting guys, at least as far as the offensive Mm -hmm. production goes, two different stories with Zach Rorensky and Ivan Provorov. Rorensky has, has always been a strong producer, but Provorov had kind of a down year and, especially in a contract year that that can hurt you.
2: Everything with Philly this year was weird though. And so it's weird. Yeah. It's hard to value that because everybody on their team really seemed like they had a down year at the same time. And you just wonder, is it's just one of those years, you know, cause a lineup that talented should have been a lot better. And of For course sure. I say that cause I picked them as to, to win their division and uh, whoops. Well. But Seven less
3: goalies, and maybe they do
2: <laughs> right. Like really, really, really weird year. Yeah. Uh, but and and Provorov was one of the guys. He goes from a what a forty-one point season to like twenty-six yep. this year. Yep. Six. And goals. and so when you when you're talking about like that kind of a decline, that's a huge drop in points. Uh, that's you know that's that's the difference between. Uh, a good offensive defenseman and your average, like middle of the road defender who just chips in, right. you know, 20 some odd points every year. Yeah. Um, it's. I'm not trying to value Provorov's contract is, I think is a nightmare. I don't envy Philly in that situation.
3: <laughs> no argument there.
2: At, at least like these other guys looking around. Uh,
3: you know, you look a solid feel. Yeah. Right.
2: Like Wierenski. You're like, OK, um, pretty consistent, you know, rookie year ish best year,
3: player. Yeah. But
2: a guy that and also knowing that, like, numbers are probably a little bit lower because he's got Seth Jones next to him. Yeah. And so you're like, OK, <laughs> you know, uh, but a really easy guy in terms of consistency and numbers wise to, to put a value on and kind of figure out where the right number is. Provarov up and down.
3: Right. The consistency is way easier to work with. There's no, or much less gambling when it comes to players that you have, you know what to expect from with the, with the player you don't, it's are we paying for the guy who scores 50 points? Or are we pay for, paying for the guy who scores 30? And yeah, well, That's and then big, millions of dollars difference. So and then you look at McAvoy. Yeah. The, the injury problems he had this year.
2: Right. Availability is a skill. Say it yep. all the
3: time. And two NHL
2: seasons, 63 games played, 54 games played. Um, been productive, 32 points to 28 points. But if you're not healthy. Uh, in, you're not scoring. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. And you're not playing. You're not helping your team win. And teams are not going to pay for a guy to pay 50, play 50 games. Right. So you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be available. You gotta be available to play. And when you play, you got to produce. And those things just haven't happened to McAvoy's. The, the, the production. Isn't there to match McAvoy's hype. Because I think everybody who watches him play thinks, Holy crap. This guy's really good. Yeah, but if he's not out there, you know, he's not worth anything. So that's a, that's a tricky one, but his contract also should play a nice role in the
3: Sam Gerrard conversation next year. Yeah. I, I think a lot of these guys, maybe not Truba and Wierenski as much, but McAvoy, Provorov, You can even go potentially a little bit further down this list. Someone like Brandon Carlo. These are going to be comparable for Gerard.
2: Yeah. Um, But I think McAvoy, especially given the uh, kind of the expectations. Yeah. Around each of them um, definitely will be, you know, Brandon, Brandon Carlo had 10 points this last year, you know, like that's, it's gonna be tough for for them to try to to drag Brandon Carlo into a
3: yeah into a fair. comp
2: conversation. He's got thirty two points in three years. Yeah, you the know, points like, aren't quite there, are they? Yeah, there. That's yeah, that's like even Zadorov's looking at that, being like, "You ever gonna score, bro?" <laughs> so you know, I think uh, another another one that could be interesting. Uh, Marcus Pedersen played for yeah. Pittsburgh this year. Um, another guy that like solid production, kind of that middle of the road production like Gerard has where a little bit more, 10
3: more points. You're talking about this guy as an offensive defenseman. <laughs> yeah, it's true. How about, uh, how about the guy that was traded for Truba himself? I know everybody thinks he sucks cause he's not Truba, but he put up 26 points last year with New York. And he, this he, does he <laughs> Next. Okay. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I mean He's... 26 points is 26
2: points. Sure, and Gerard had 27, so it's not like I can get on some kind of like high horse here.
3: Um <laughs> but I do think Neil Pionk is not very good. I I don't disagree with you on the defensive end, but <laughs> so what are your expectations for some of these guys? I, I know you said you don't envy Philly, but I'm gonna put you on the spot and say, what are you trying to get with Proverov?
2: Um I I would be trying to get that done. Uh, I would be using uh Nashville every way possible to try and get a, a proper comp done. Yeah. Um and, and see if I could use one of those guys uh deals, you know, like the Matias Ackholm deal. For sure. And see if, you know, hey, can I can we, can we piggyback off that and build something
3: there where it's on the cheap end? I mean, anytime you can throw a Nashville deal at the wall for defensemen and make it stick, it looks pretty good. <laughs> right. Um, <clears throat> you know,
2: it's it's tougher with, uh, Nat, with a guy like Ekholm just because he was older. But Provorov's production was a little bit higher. Yeah. Um in the one year though. And then after that it's like, Whoa. you know, you come back down to earth a little bit and, and you're a little less excited about what he's produced uh the last couple of years. Maybe you know, Ryan the Ryan Ellis one was just too cheap to use realistically at two and a half million. Uh over five years. There was just not enough money that you can ever use that as a comp again. Um, but you know, maybe maybe they try and do like a Roman Yosi deal, you know, where you get him in the in the four range, uh, and yep. and you're asking him to be a forty point guy,
3: and then sure as hell hope that he breaks out like Yosi did and turns into a sixty okay. point guy. So no fear of the term there. You're just saying go get it, get it longer. Yeah,
2: no. With Provorov, I would try and I would do maximum term if I could. I think he's great
3: and. I think he will be great. I'm not too worried about him. I I mostly agree with that. I I would be happy to have Provorov <laughs> long term if it were me. We already kind of talked about the Boston side of things with having both McAvoy and Carlo with about eight million in in cap space remaining. Apparently, according to Cap Friendly, McAvoy doesn't even qualify for offer sheets, so throw that out the window. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, but it's going to be tight for them to get those two signed obviously Carlos point production. He's not going to be making a ton, but you know, McAvoy is going to be asking for quite a bit based off his production.
2: Yeah. It's weird because you look at their numbers and you're like, are those guys really going to cost them 8 million per, you know, or 8 million combined. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, um, we'll, you know, we'll see what they come in as but I don't think I don't think they should cost more than 10 mil
3: yeah I, I agree with you there I wonder if there's a little bit of a tax where you say they got to keep the band together to they just made the Stanley Cup final they didn't win it but yeah absolutely well and
2: McAvoy McAvoy was really good and healthy during that run right. yeah uh, so you know you just, how do you value the playoffs? It's always a question that, you know, people people have been very dismissive of Alexander Kerfoot because he only had a couple points in the postseason, and like, yeah, it was a frustrating postseason run for him. Um, but then, you know, they get this, oh, J.T. Confer is a big game player, you know, and he scored he scored in one of the seven games they played against San Jose. Yeah. You know, and granted, he had three points in that game. It was a huge reason they won it. But the other six games sure would have been nice, you know? It, so it's, it's interesting the way that people value the moving target that is playoff production. And certainly I think it should come into play with McAvoy because he was so good in their cup run.
3: Yeah, it, I mean, it clearly matters, right? Look at the stigma around Gardner because he had two bad mistakes in game sevens, right? I mean, big time, big game mistakes
2: from Gardner absolutely cost. It has cost him money this summer, right? you have very so, good player, but high profile mistakes that people remember and they, Oh, he, you know, he grips the stick. He chokes in yep. big moments. He can't do, you know, he can get you to a big moment, but you don't play him in one. How do you value that guy? Right, so, man. you know, it's, 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 it's hard. It's, it hard, it's hard to value that because you do you do want to you do want to say, you know, hey, we don't want to pay for a guy that's not going to show up in a big moment. But at the same time, you need to get to the big moment, too. Right. You can't just you can't just be like, and if you could get both, that's great. But that's also how you get superstars. That's how you I mean, Nathan McKinnon, his entire career, even his rookie season. Yeah. He's been a point per game player in all three playoff appearances that he's at. And those dudes get paid twelve million dollars. <laughs> right. He's gonna make he, there's a reason Matt Duchesne's got eight million dollars on his contract and Nathan McKinnon's gonna make fifteen on his next. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's because one of those guys meets the moment and chews it up, and the other one it, to this, point, is, to this yeah. point in his career has not. Yep. So uh, you know, it's it's interesting those those different situations. Uh, And and the the way that playoff production plays into this, because we talk about Sam Gerrard, love Sam Gerrard. Two years in a row, Sam Gerrard has gotten hurt early in the postseason and had to miss playoff games. Availability is a skill. He only has, the abs have played 18 playoff games in the last two years. He's only played in 12 of them and only has two assists. So Sam Girard not only needs a big step forward offensively in the regular season, but he needs to, if the ABS make the playoffs again, he needs to play. He needs to stay healthy. Yeah. He needs to prove he can handle those rigors. Otherwise, you know, Sam Gerrard has a much tighter ceiling than anything that we've talked about, because if he's not going to be available in the postseason, what are we even doing here? You're trying to win a Stanley cup here, not a regular season banner. This is in Nashville.
3: Yeah. I I don't want to say the regular season doesn't matter, but just look at the playoffs last year. Being the first seed means nothing. The eight seeds went off. So if you can get yourself into the playoffs, it that's when it really counts. And like getting the first seed would be great. Home ice advantage throughout all the rounds and blah,
2: blah, 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 blah. But if one of your best defensemen, disappears (laughs) disappears <laughs> uh, well if he's not if he's not healthy for one and then when he is healthy doesn't produce anything uh well then you got problems you know you're yeah. you're you're fighting a pill here and Definitely. this this is i'm no way meaning to like come down on sam gerard we're talking about a 20 year old kid here <laughs> yeah a 20 year old kid who's been very good for the avalanche right, right so this is all this it's all just perspective but when you're when you're looking at paying guys you have to figure out what's valuable to you and what you're you know what you're willing to pay for so with with G you know you're you want you want his game to continue to take steps forward you want him to get much better offensively you want him to continue to get better defensively and then you know from there you want him to Be be a force. Be a be present in the postseason.
3: I guess what you're saying is you want Sam Girard to be a game changer. (laughs) Yes. So I'm gonna go ahead and tell you about some game changing coffee. StravaCraft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so check them out if you haven't already. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety. You name it, it's done it. CBD is all-natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it strip, shipped straight to your door. That is just about going to wrap it up for us. Any final thoughts on, on where Gerard sits and some of these comparables? Sign him to a seven-year deal. Done. There you go. End it right there. Get it done. We will see you on tomorrow's episode where I believe we'll be talking about some of the best teams outside the Central Division. Mm-hmm. Going to take a little bit of a look around the league. Yep. Should be fun, and we'll catch you tomorrow.